Infinite What's up, everybody? You are tuned into Season 2 of the Elks Call, presented by Shotgun Sports. My name is Scout, a.k.a. The Rev from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. Even Elks. And today, we're going to talk Super Bowl, stadiums, and more with former NFL and CFL running back and slotback, Double E, number 33, it's Craig Ellis, ladies and gentlemen. Craig, thanks for joining us today, man. Scott, it's my pleasure, brother. Oh, so, so stoked. We know that you're packing up to head down to the Super Bowl this weekend. How excited are you that it's in the house of the Raiders, a.k.a. the team you used to play for? <laughs> but they gave them the uh, Las Vegas Rebel dress room. They don't, uh, know. They don't have the top of the line, brother. Trust me. <laughs> Oh, exactly right. Those Chiefs, uh, like that would be a little bit painful, right? If they're uh, running amok in that dressing room for the Raiders, oh. well, rivals. It, it'll be what they say is like one thing is to win the game, but to have the other person dress room and then dismantle it afterwards with the shampoo, it couldn't be nothing greater. <laughs> oh man, wild, wild! Uh, so excited for this episode. Before we get started. We'd like to thank everyone tuning into the show today, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, X, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Edmonton Sports Talk, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, cheers to you. Also, be sure to hit like, subscribe. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, there you go. They scored. one, <laughs> one, one, one twenty-four. Oh. Not uh, first. No. This is an Oilers watch episode See? for the 17th in a row. Right now it's 1-1 one, one, Edmonton Oilers versus Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. Update courtesy of Craig Ellis. We Thank you. made the agreement that if something happens in the game, because we unfortunately are not watching, that Craig would just do this timeout <laughs> sign tell us if something happens. So yeah, this, this is a fan for the fans here. This guy's uh this guy's wild and this is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, guys, also make sure to hit like and subscribe at Shotgun Sports Network. Uh, we're on a drive to 500. We're trying to give away an Edmonton Elks jersey. So, uh, yeah, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Get us in the algo. We're going to give away a jersey. Uh, for our schedule today, which is another stack show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are starting the show with The More You Didn't Know, where we're going to chat with Craig about his life on and off the turf as well as the upcoming big game in Vegas and his experience as a pro sports alumni member. Uh, after that, we're going to give you an Edmonton sports update, and then we'll break down the latest Elks transactions. This free agent frenzy, it's absolutely crazy today. Mm -hmm. So excited. Kathy's got a herd report for us and a rather big one. So uh, to cap the show, we're going to open up the fan forum, another big segment where we talk about the hot topics surrounding the Elks and the sports world as a whole. So uh, let's get this show started with the more you didn't know. In this segment, we will have a conversation with Craig to get to know him better and to ask some questions. If you'd like to ask Craig Ellis a question, throw it in the herd chat, blow it up, and we will get your question onto the show, providing we have time. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. Craig, you grew up in L.A. You came up uh, through San Diego State University. What made you want to become a football player, and what was your biggest takeaway heading into your pro career? Well, you know, I, I wanted to become, a, not to become a professional uh, football player. 
I wanted to play on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, like to me, uh, when I was a kid, when we used to watch um, Monday night football, uh, you know, that was the biggest thing because other teams are watching, all the other coaches are watching, everybody is watching Monday night. And that was my childhood dream just to play on Monday night. And I got a chance to play five times. Nice. Perfect. But, but making the acclimation from the uh, uh, high school to college, every time, uh, every time someone gives you something, they want something in return. <laughs> so when I got a scholarship, uh, I thought it was the biggest thing that I ever. But it it was different than high school. High school was the love. I loved high school football is where uh, young men become men. Mm -hmm. um, we bond. Uh, a lot of my friends are friends that um, I played with in high school. Like my president of my nonprofit, Joe Kovacic, uh, he was my captain on my uh, high school team. And actually, he's retiring next week after 39 years of being a fire fireman in Los Angeles. Nice. Every time I call him now, I can get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer busy all the time. <laughs> Especially during COVID. I was so scared for my, I call him farm boy because um, uh, my senior year, uh, my coach, Coach Wyndham, uh, rest in peace, um, he loved fishing. So he wouldn't take the uh, the onus on getting our our team to play in passing tournaments. So I took that upon myself. And Joe Farmer, he used to help me because he had this uh, Chevrolet, and he used to pick up guys for me to get make sure they're at the at the field. And he was a tackle, defensive tackle, but he he hiked for us because it was a three and a half minute or three seconds to throw the ball. And he used to hike for us, but he had the straw hat and cut off jeans and ice. <laughs> what a look. <laughs> and that's where he got the nickname Farm Boy. Yeah, exactly. Got that got that real hick thing going on. That's perfect. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I mean, after that, you know, past Boogie high school and getting more into the pro career. Uh, let's take it back to 1982. You wow. signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And of course, after a few successful years in the CFL, you landed with Miami Dolphins for one year and then the Raiders for the next year. So based on that, you know, you kind of went from the CFL to the NFL. What did you enjoy about your NFL experience? Um, how did the CFL help with your NFL game? And which one did you prefer? Cass, you... You missed something there. You, I have to give, I have to give dubs to the 49ers. Yeah. Because they took a chance on me, especially after, hey, who do we got there? Tiger. That's Tiger. Hamilton <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Cats fan. <laughs> you know. I, can't, I cannot pass up the 49ers, Cat, because they took a chance on me. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know this. I was uh, kicked off my college team my junior year because I had dreadlocks. Really? I was 1978. They wasn't right. They thought I was a renegade or a rebel, I guess. I don't know. 
Uh, but uh, the coaches, Claude Gilbert, they got fired, and so I was allowed to come back. But then my senior year, we planned the Mirage Bowl in Japan, and uh, I was kicked off the team again. Never knew for what because I was in, so, in a room with some other players, and none of the other players got kicked off. But at that time, to be kicked off the team two years in a row in college, no NFL team wanted to take a chance on you. So that's why I say we can't skip 49ers. Because mm-hmm. I think um, Bill Wash and Sam Wash really uh, reinstalled my career by allowing me to compete. And then uh, I have a letter from Bill Wash that I had framed. And there's probably with his hand signature and the thing that things that he mentioned in that letter gave me more confidence when I went to Winnipeg in 82. Nice. But you got to understand, when I was at San Francisco 49, I was competing with, you know, Ronaldo, Neil, Maya, uh, Freddie Solomon. You know, there were some, uh, there were some receivers there. But uh, during lunch, every time we went to lunch, there was a guy named Ray Newman. Rest in peace, Ray. Mr. Newman and I would walk to lunch pretty much every time he came to watch practice. And I remember him telling me, I was probably four weeks in or maybe five weeks in. um, He said, I could come up to Edmonton right now and play because I think it was Wardell Smith broke his wrist or a hand or something. Damn. So you had to take over, you had to take over for the legendary Waddell. But I couldn't stop, man. I can't walk away from that competition, bro. Come on, man. You know, when I, when I, before I went to 49ers, wherever I went, I took somebody's job. I didn't care who it was because I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to play ball. I love the game of ball. And when I got to the 49ers, there was a lot of talented athletes there. Ronnie Lott, uh, Eric Wright, um, Dwight Hicks, uh, Keenan Turner. There was, a, there was a lot of talent on the defense and offensive side. So when I got there, it was it was a competition, and it was hard for me at the time, which uh, I really adored uh, Ray Newman. I thought he his, he was a soft spoken soft soft spoken person, had a big heart, and then after I, I I got a chance to know him more, he he has been one of the pioneers in bringing a lot of uh, the Americans or the brothers from the United States up to Canada. You know, he's he's one that brought Warren Moon. Yeah. You know, Joe Holloman, Ed Jones. Like, this guy was an unbelievable scout. So when uh, <clears throat> when I refused to walk away from San Francisco and then when I was finally cut from uh, 49ers, you got to remember that was the first time in my life ever being cut or released. Wow. And I at that time, I, I, I doubted myself. I said, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Well, and, and that's that's what I was going to ask is like with the 49ers, obviously you go in, you have that mentality of I'm going to make this team. And I think we know by now, right, how many training camps, how many players you have jobbers, right? Yeah. So whether you were brought in as a jobber or not, that didn't matter to you going in. So then using that to slingshot you to Winnipeg. Yes. How did you, you know, have to do that? Let me tell you what happened. Uh, after I was released, released I was stunned. I, I, you know what? I felt like 
when I had my first daughter, Brittany, when I cut that umbilical cord, <laughs> it, it, it's it's such an unhigh or you can't explain it. Right. You know, actually, actually, after I left the hospital, I got into an accident. I ran in back of somebody because it, it, it's just mind blow. So I advise anybody that's having a kid, don't go driving afterwards. Twice <laughs> words. words. Twice words from a decent man. <laughs> but that's not, that's how, that was something, the way I can explain, uh, explain it now, being released for the first time. And then when I got back to the hotel, the phone, that, that red light was flat, flashing. And it was a message from Earl Lunsford. And he had this southern draw that was, was, was canny, was buried. And um, it was just like, okay, somebody wants me. And I don't have to go back home and face the, my people like being mm -hmm. a failure or not making it. So um, instead, and you got to remember, I was in Rockland, California, where it was like 98, 103, 106 degrees. And I didn't want to go back home, so I just flew from San Francisco to Winnipeg. Nice. Now we're talking middle of September, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Labor, right after Labor Day, probably. <laughs> oh. When I arrived there, I, I arrived there at the same time uh, James Murphy. Yeah. And uh, he's a competitor, too. We didn't even talk to each other. So we're competing against each other because at that time, we had a, the CFL had a 14-day tryout. So within 14 days, they either had to sign you or let you go. And until that time, they paid you a pre-dem and they put you up in a hotel. So me and, me and Murph is competing. And there was a quarterback. His name was um, Nikki, Nikki, Nick, Nikki Hall, I think it was. Okay. He, was from Tulane. he was from Tulane. And <laughs> He can, he can whip that ball. He can spin it. He can really spin it. So me and, um, and I always, whenever I got into a place or where I was going to compete or where, I always got close friends with the quarterback. <laughs> oh, so, 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 Craig, let's just throw this down right now then. When you came uh, to Edmonton, you know, then came your years with the double E after you came back from the NFL, right? That was 89. So, so exactly, mm -hmm. right? 1990. Let's talk 1990. You made it on to the double E record books for second overall for touchdowns in a season with 17 and then fourth overall for pass receptions <laughs> in a season with 106. So what elevated you to those numbers in 1990? I tell you, playing with Tracy Ham or playing with Hambone, yeah, he brings the best out to you. Uh, he was a competitor, and, and you know, in the CFL, a team is only going to go as far as the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, Hambone, he was very, very athletic. <laughs> All right, he didn't read defense very well. <laughs> At that time, and, and a lot of young quarterbacks, when they come up to the CFL, that defender throws things off. Yeah. You know, it's a little different to get a used to it. I think I watched Ham, watch Hammer become uh, the CFL quarterback after he got hurt in uh, Hamilton and Montreal game. He got hurt his knee. And when he came back, I saw him rely on his, his reads more than his athleticism. Yeah. 
But I found something about Hammer early in his in in, in his uh, career where, whenever he got back there, and he started patting the ball, I know he's taking off. <laughs> <laughs> I used to board my rod or take a peek, right? Yeah. And especially when I'm on the back side. So yeah. when I see him patting the ball, wherever he's running, I'm running the opposite or away. Mm-hmm. And he would always find me. He was he can throw the ball. He'll put the ball where I can make a play, and yeah. the defense can because he didn't like throwing interceptions. I can tell you that he didn't like interceptions. So he'll put it where I can make a play, and the defense can't touch it. And that, so, like and, you would say, he like you guys had that thing that year, right? Oh, right? Yeah. oh yeah, ultimate chemistry. Sorry, I didn't mean oh, to. Yeah. And a lot of times people would block for a hammer. I wouldn't block for him because if my, man, if my man went to make a tackle, I'm getting the rock. So why would I go block? <laughs> oh, that's, that's then, beautiful. You got to remember the year before, Hammer won that uh, Wicklam Trophy. Right. He was the most valuable of the Western. So... Um, and honestly, I um, I was nominated a couple times for the off, uh, uh, most valuable player on my team. I can Saskatchewan, 84, 85. Um, Hammer was 89, but then 90 my year. So I never knew about that trophy until I won it. <laughs> <laughs> nice little surprise. Yeah. When you look at the names on there, oh, wow. And, you know, it's it's an uh, honor to be a part of that. Well, and even even looking at those records, right? And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, I I'm a bit of a nerd. I <laughs> we have the countdown coming up right away, Craig. You know about the countdown. We asked you for a picture, so uh, yeah, thanks a lot for your uh, hand fed picture for sure. But uh, for you know, 33 days to go until the preseason game, mm-hmm. but okay. we're coming up on that pretty qu- uh, pretty quickly. I look at the records almost every year. You know, you see the Mike. Michael Riley's, mm-hmm. you see the Ricky Rays, you see Craig Ellis on that mm-hmm. list, and I've looked over your name multiple times, so it's it's really cool uh, to see you up there, but, you know, it's also really hard to get on that list because of how many players have been yes. through the double E system. It's the 75th season coming up, and it's a yeah. massive one, and I know you, Craig, once again, we talked about it a little bit before we went live, but the tailgate, you're down there, you're celebrating. Um, Kathy, you have a question about that. Yes, I mean, do oh, oh, I <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw me under the bus over here? Oh, yeah, Kathy, you're all right. Yeah. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I mean, just bringing it forward to the present day, you know, and I want to take it a little bit kind of away from the football sense. So it's not even so much about the tailgating part. (laughs) The question that I had, it was more that, you know, you've done so many things since retiring from football, right? We know that you've done some philanthropy and given back to communities such in Edmonton and even ourselves through the CFL history knowledge on Facebook. So That's what I'm talking about, that knowledge. Oh, yeah. I (laughs) I didn't see the parallel there. Sorry. But what can you tell us, um, you know, about your life after football? Well, when you <clears throat> when you <clears throat> trying to uh, play on Monday night, you don't really think about what you're going to do after football. <laughs> what you're going to do after? <laughs> well, 
it was it was great that I had a family because my ex and my daughters absorbed my life. It was going to parent teachers meeting, going to soccer. You know, my two daughters played um, uh, high level soccer, and and my youngest daughter was a very high level uh, ringette player. So I I I I used to. Uh, I personal train after I finally got into something that I enjoy. I got into salesman. I tried some other things, but when I started personal training, I did for over 24 years. I had clients for over 20 years. The personal training kind of helped me get into the nonprofit because I'm helping others. And I, 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 I thought in uh, the business world, uh, it was competitive, but um heartless people stab you in the back you know all they care about is money yeah but in the nonprofit world people care they got a heart and i enjoy what i'm doing now i i, I mentor kids now i have a kid that um uh, i placed at well two kids that is going to go to my alma mater or santa barbara city college who's from edmonton they went to harry ailey nice and um it gives me a chance to spend some time with them and continue working with them. I met this kid, Matthew, when he was 13 out in Spruce Grove. And knowing his family, Penny, and his brothers and sisters, you know, we became, uh, I'm part of the family now. I don't know if you guys know, all my siblings and my family, enemy family, are, are, are past. They're done. They're past. I mean, I wish, I wish someone was around as brother or sister or mom or dad because I have the time now to spend with them. Instead of raising my my beautiful girls, <clears throat> and then finding what I wanted to do, or what what I what made me happy, or what I enjoy doing after football, because I I love football, but it, it it's a little different. I built houses, uh, I, I I sold steel, I've done all kinds of other things, right? But the personal training was my second love. I was able to help a lot of people, and that's what I'm doing now. Greg, what I, what I will say as far as like a fan from a fan fan point of view here, um, your involvement on Facebook groups is something something to to be applauded because a lot of the knowledge, a lot of the stories, a lot of the people that you that you touch um for the positive reasons obviously it's you're you're paying it forward in that sense because how many athletes come through all these systems and never truly share their story or when they do they have to have 50 cameras on them and a couple bags of money to do it. No, for real for real right so and and here's the other thing too because i everybody has haters whatever right it's your choice to go ahead and add me as a friend on facebook if you don't like what I'm posting on Facebook on my private sure. Facebook, that's a you problem, right? <laughs> but take that out of it, which I re recognize, you know, I, I, whatever, right? People were chirping my post today about. I know. I, I didn't understand that because. I didn't understand it either. <laughs> Everyone has an opinion, right? Right. Everybody does. You know the deal. See, but that's yeah. a nice thing. And I think it kind of brings it back to your love for coaching and your love for mentoring and your love for helping 
Sure. Exactly. Right. Even yeah. for people that don't hear those stories anywhere else, where else is it going to go? That's why people absolutely love these interviews. That's why fans absolutely love totally. learning more about the players and the organization, because you're just sharing that knowledge. Where, where else are you going to get that yeah. other than, you know, the Craig Ellis The history books, the double E decade. Uh, sure. <laughs> just saying, but you know what? Social media, social media could be a, 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 an excellent tool. Yeah. And and I think the reason that I'm on it is because I'm in the nonprofit world. I'm gonna launch my 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 uh nonprofit very soon. I have a passing tournament that I'm gonna be doing in the summer. It's a three-week passing tournament, which I built some curriculums off of where it will help the parents and help the kid and help the coaches because I, I pick things that happen to me in my life that we can kind of open the uh, uh, parents' eyes up to the SAT, to the uh, signing date that's in January instead of June, uh, to all these things that they're not aware of, uh, colleges, D1, D2, or even coaches, bringing in you know different coaches who won city championships and did these things because we all can learn off of each other and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yes, I love that. You know, my, my little boy, he's turning nine here right away and he loves soccer. And um and he's really good at it. And I'm Ooh. trying. I'm trying. Who does he play for? Who does he play for? Nobody. Nobody. Because I had no idea. I had to spend so much. Oh. <laughs> I, you know, I love soccer too. Don't get me wrong. I love watching it. Mm -hmm. but I really love it at the highest level. PSG is my club team, but Brazil is is my, is my team, right? National team, it. yeah. But my daughters both played at a high level, and they played with Inter. And there was a guy that uh, my daughter had a chance to play with. Her daughter is uh, Ross Sangaro. He used to play soccer here in Edmonton. He's coached for so many years. And I think his daughter, who was playing with my daughter, I think she's kind of taking it over. There's a lot of clubs. And if you really want the kid to be fit, everyone thinks uh, football or, 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 or boxing is probably the most athletic or the fit soccer is number one yeah oh, it's yeah, crazy. it's gotta be but it's just that i wish that i had some sort of guidance for knowing where to go yeah. what kind of clubs are the best ones or what kind of information do i need like i don't know when to a neighborhood cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's the internet it's called google but <laughs> no, but it's it's great it's great to hear that you're really taking on you know that kind of role and giving that to kids so that's i love that totally but can can we bring up something that you can't google we like <laughs> craig craig we gotta know because we, we were we've been kathy and i've been talking about this quite a bit today we've been talking about it for a hot minute man when it comes to alumni the edmonton elks you know it's a little bit different than the L well, the Las Vegas Raiders experience. Wow. Can you tell us the differences between uh, being a CFL and an NFL alumni member? You know, I got it. You know, I have to be polite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the question uh, you know, my brother, you know, my brother, you can't. Compare. Yeah, man, man. Like, uh, like, uh, okay. Let me I'll tell you about this every year. I get invited, me and a guest get invited to the Raiders function for the first preseason game. Last year was against San Francisco. I'm sitting yeah. uh, field level 
looking at McCaffrey and Debo, I'm looking at these young guys, and I'm like, wow, these guys are big. <laughs> but the Raiders bring it in, they, they give us food, they take us to the game, they, they take us to – and just to see Murr, Dave Williams, uh, Jim Plunkett, all the guys that I played with, you know, like Hendricks, uh, all the guys that you played with, just to sit there and have a cigar and have a drink, you, you don't get – it doesn't get better than that. Bro. Feel feel level, baby. Well, and I'm watching, right? Like a fan fan side of you sitting on my couch here at Edmonton, scrolling through my Facebook. I look and there's Craig Ellis, like loge loge seats yeah. basically for the Edmonton House loge right, seats. Right. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Mark Davis and the boys. He's got the alumni room. He's pointing at the square with you know his name on it. Love so it. they treat you like gold over there. And a legion. I mean, a legion stadium. How freaking nice is that building? This is something we really wanted to ask you. Know, but Scott, you know what, though? I don't know where the Eskimos lost their tradition. Because when I got here in 82, you know, it wasn't that big like what down there. But yeah. there's tradition here. I mean, we went to this place called Pines of Bungalow with our with our wives and, or our girls, and we fished right before training camp. We sit around campfire. We had a couple cock, and then we go to work. Right. You know, they don't do that anymore. You know, especially the kids now. And, like, Scott, I, I, I don't like talking about others, but what I see now is just, like, people, uh, the players are – the players are more interested in getting back to the crib, or instead of sticking around and hanging. Mm -hmm. Do we just do we just ask it now? Like Craig, Craig, what is bone to you then? Brotherhood <laughs> of nasty it's, Eskimos. It's a good bone. segue for we, that. We we got to we just got to whip it in there real quick. You what know what, bone to me, I, I I don't bone to me is like what they used to say back in the eight when I first got it with Ed Jones and just, and Ed Jones and Milio, Highball and all the boys and. They always said, once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo. But then the bone came later on. Mm -hmm. nice. So back then, we really did. Like me, Highball, Ed Jones, Joe Like we, we used to go to high schools and play against uh, basketball. We play against high school basketball. We used to play against volleyball. We used to Grand Prairie. You know, things like that with the players. But that that will get us into the community. Like Grand Prairie, I've never been to Grand Prairie unless I was going to play hockey or playing basketball. That was the only time I ever been to Grand Prairie. But I never would have been there if we didn't have these traditions that we used to have on the off season and that help a person or help a team to, be, to become like brothers to come together. Oh, that's yeah, awesome! I love that. Oh, that's and they like right now they have been doing some of that. I will say I haven't seen much of that in the last two years. I'll yeah. say it. Haven't seen much of that under the Eskimos name right down to the bitter end. They were oh, going yeah. up to uh, in the, the, drive to, the, the, the drive to uh, uh, Grand Prairie or Fort McMurray with with highball and Emilio, Emilio Fred and highball, bro. Your 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 stomach is falling out. You're falling out because it's hilarious. Those two used to make you laugh. I mean, the trips were were fun. 
And, you know, you sit there for, two, you know, we go Friday, Saturday, and we come back Sunday. It'd be like, wow. So when you when you start training camp, it's almost like that's my brother. Yeah. Right. right. No. Yeah, they, I guess we don't hear much about that. I mean, I um, I guess you would see it a lot more back then, especially if it was so prevalent. And, you know, they really took the time to yeah. get the players together and do all of these things. Uh, right now, like, we don't have visibility into that at all. I guess fans. Most, most of the players, like, oh. saying, Kat, most of the players now are getting out of here. Soon the yeah. season's over, and poof, they're gone. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Uh, Highball, Joel, uh, Ed Jones, myself, we all stayed over. Mm -hmm. We stayed better because me, I, I'm a miser. <laughs> I took my money across the border in 82 the first time, and they took, I thought I had this much, and they said it was only this much. I said, wait a minute, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that currency had changed. So in 82, I figured it out, okay, all right, if I'm making Canadian money, I'm living in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the herd chat, real quick, Shabazz, what up, Bone? Uh, throwing a little bone in the herd chat. Curtis said, "My brother from another mother." So uh, people are pretty stoked that you were on the <laughs> show today and talking these stories. So yeah, thanks a ton, Craig. We have a couple of questions before we ask our last question. Yeah. Of the the, the bone one. Yes, Kat, you get as many as you want. Go ahead, go ahead, Kat. You get as many as you want. I'm limiting Scott because, you know, he's been throwing us under the bus. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> right, it's my turn. Now it's my turn. But before I go there, I just want to bring a couple of questions that we have here from um, a, our fans over here at the chat. We have John. John. Craig Ellis, what do you think of the NFL going to Brazil with Philadelphia Eagles on September 6th? I love it. I love the expansion possibilities. And, you know, I think that's what the CFL is trying to do to get into the uh, Nova Scotia in that area or Halifax. Somewhere. I think they're expanding yeah. somewhere. You know what? I don't understand because of the USFL and the XFL and all those other things. Why not tap back down in the states like they did before? Like the Sacramento, remember we had the Sacramento, we had the yeah. Louisiana, all those things. There's some places that I think the CFL can help grow because I, I understand you want to keep the Canadian game in, in its history, but I really think adding some American teams, teams where they don't have a professional team. And it'll be no different than like uh, Regina. Yeah. I mean, those fans have been, I think they're the best fans in the CFL. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's no, a challenge for us. Riders, like even Snoop Dogg has worn right. a Riders jersey. Yes. Right? It's, uh... No, I love the idea of uh, expansion. I've even heard, you know, I'm from Mexico and I actually know quite a few people that watch the CFL down yeah. in Mexico. So even you know, bringing in expansion, expansion games and just yeah. increasing the visibility of the game to other countries. That would be fantastic. No, so, it, it cool. would be now. What's interesting about this, too, is that the, the CFL expansion into the States survived two years and then died. Um, basically one year, but two years, right? It survived two years and then died. Um, now, what's interesting about this is when it's mentioned, everybody scoffs at it. There has been multiple mentions of reviving this idea. 
and it's kind of gaining momentum, which is just absolutely. Well, I think it's perfect for right now with all the um, networks and cables and uh, pay TV and everything. Yeah. Right? streaming services. It's 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 there, and I and I think marketing and promoting is is probably the biggest thing because I've been. <clears throat> I'm putting together this three-week passing tournament, and actually, it's taken me four years to put this together. Right. You know, the hardest part was getting 16 teams to buy in, and <laughs> and, and, the, and you know when you're dealing with high school coaches, yeah. they all got personality, especially when you're talking to Bishop Gorman or or uh, uh, Warren or these guys that's competitive out there. I mean, they think their shit don't stink. And I kind of like saying, bro, you in high school. <laughs> well, I, I let it go. I, I need them, right? So you got to be nice. But that was the hardest part. And I think when you say two years it was over, to me, I think the marketing and promoting didn't go long enough. Right. Yeah. If you sell that, it, it's easy to sell. And, Scott, I have some ideals for the CFL where I would really love to tie – the CFL alumni and the NFL alumni. I would love to have a tournament in, in Toronto and Vancouver, but at the same time in Washington, D.C. and Florida, somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go back and forth, you know, with the players. Well, Craig, and like your idea is so on point because on our end of things, we've, like, I've, I've, I've taken this under my wing, but uh, where... There's a pro football fan hall of fame or something, or a pro football fans, whatever, like a big group. And they have it down for NFL fans, but they call it pro football. And I specifically messaged them and said, Hey, like you guys want to include like CFL fans too, because we're also pro football fans. <laughs> it's not like we're not pro football fans. We just cheer the same type of football Canadian versus American, but we're still pro football fans. and. The CFL is the second league and will always be the second league to the NFL. Yeah. Different. You know, different, you know what? <laughs> all right. All right. You see, I've never done this because it's still 1 1 and we, we 12 32 into the second. All right. So we're still good. But Scott, let me tell you about NFL fans. And CFL fans, they're different. They're different. Okay, give her no, please, please indulge. NFL fans will will fight you. <laughs> the CFL fans will argue, but they'll love you. We'll say, so, we'll say sorry. We'll say sorry. We'll say sorry. Right? Is that it? Yeah, exactly. And so, so it's a little different. It's a little different when you're getting beat down after you argue with a guy over a game, and the other guy said, "No, no, no, no. All right, let's go have a beer or come over to my house for a drink." All right, you know that's how it goes. Oh my goodness. <sighs> okay, so the fan part is never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Alumni, but see, the alumni part can because we can raise money for mental into uh antimer, uh, mental health. Like, we can do a lot of things with the CFL and uh, and uh, NFL because there's Canadians down in the NFL, there's Americans, you know, so we could still raise money for different entities. Oh, people would pay to see that. One well, can you imagine having uh, having a flutie? Uh, um, um, Moon. Get Warren Moon. Moon. Guys that played in both leagues. Yeah, you know, you know, in the golf tournament. You know, like you know, 
you can we can do a lot and so those are some possibilities definitely yep. that'd be so much fun and people would definitely people buy people that. would pay i will tell you right now if you guys did even let's say a four city tour in canada and let's yeah, yeah. i'm gonna do i'm gonna do something with mental health and we're gonna do it to correspond with the labor day games right Love we're gonna it. do one in regina we're gonna do one in calgary and we're gonna do one in hamilton but i'm gonna conjunction with the mental health yeah and nice. I'm gonna bring some. I'm gonna bring all. I gotta wait till I get in the Hall of Fame. But I'm gonna yeah. bring Hall of Fame players in to play a tournament and raise money for the mental health because that's something that I played dear to. I don't know if you know my daughter is my oldest daughter is bipolar. But when we got her the right meds and everything, her life is just as simple as possible. And that's the whole yeah. idea. We we spent a little money. We sent her to a place in in Washington where they did this brain imaging. But once we got the scan from the brain imaging, when you give that to the psychiatrist and the doctor, they know where to start with the medication. So, but not everybody can afford that kind of money to do it. But we have the machines here in Canada, but we're not, we only doing them for research purposes. We need to do that to our kids. Yes. I'm going to bring awareness to this because of something I went through with my daughter. Mm -hmm. No, that's that. That'd be lovely. I think a lot of people would buy into that, and you know, hopefully, it happens because that would be so much fun. That no, would be so uh, much fun to watch. Totally, totally. No, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Trust me. I'm just for the time. I gotta get in the Hall of Fame first, but once it's gonna happen. Hey, man. Once it once it doesn't, even if it doesn't, right? Even if you making it making it into the Hall of Fame doesn't happen, uh, still let us know when Which you're popping this up because <laughs> we will definitely uh, share up whatever we can and support however we can. Now, we do have a herd chat question here. Our good friend Chris, Chris Agar, is asking, can you put your finger on the single reason or reasons why uh, the E has stopped doing the public appearances like they used to? Exposure isn't nearly as bright as it once was. Honestly, and I, I'm, I'm going to give you my opinion. And that's just an opinion, just like elbow and everyone has. Right? Mm -hmm. The Eskimos have no leadership or in the uh, organization. Yes. Yeah. You know, we lost you, Campbell, because <clears throat> he learned off of um, Norm Kimball. Norm Kimball was the best. Wow. He was the best. I mean, I think Norm Kimball started all that. You don't realize he was, he was a tough cookie, but. He believed in his players. He believed in his coaches. He believed in, you know, the community. He believed in all that. And I think what they got in place when they put John he Healy Ford and at the president, and like everybody was community oriented. Right. I think now when we have guys like Tom Richards and, and uh, Alan Watts, these guys are all self-sufficient. It's all about them. We got to get out of those type of guys. We got to get those. I, I I lobbied so much to bring Brian Kelly in. I just think Brian Kelly would be an awesome direction to, to establish the traditions because he was here with all the traditions. Yep. He worked with Healy Ford. Him and Healy were best friends. Well, and he embodied Bone as well, right? Uh, so I, I don't know. T to me, where they at right now is it, you, they got too many uh, Indians and yeah. not one chief. Well, and and. <clears throat> to like kind of speak on that a bit, right? Like that's why I think what happened was they realized that nobody was truly 
wanting to take the organization under their wing and to actually like write the ship to actually commandeer the ship to be in the building every day and make that your job and i mean we've seen presidents come and go um you know we're in the last couple years between gm and president and some of the higher up roles we've seen a revolving door and now we're at the point where the lawless ship lawless ship is back and i thought it was good that's a good because it gives you stability that's one thing that gives you stability all right because he's been there before he knows the hiccups and he but but he has different characters now that he's dealing with yeah yeah now what about have you seen garrick jones's pitch i gotta ask about this garrick jones's pitch have you seen that have you talked i haven't so uh our last episode we talked to garrick jones and then you know he's put out a petition and everything else and all of that media is available on social media for everybody to go grab um we aren't in a position to ask anybody to sway anyway or anything like that. Uh, we're just observers to everything that's happening. But Garrick Jones has brought together an athletic ownership group. Um, what do you think of a group of athletes with business minds and entrepreneur entrepreneurial minds? What do you think of them trying to grab ownership of the Edmonton Owls? Hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't think we want to get away from being a community owned team. I don't think we want to get away from it, but I just think what we need to do is we have to reestablish what gave the Eskimos their identity. We got away from it. We got away from it. We got away from it. That's my opinion. Now, you know what? People are going to sit there and call me a clown and do all this other stuff because I give an opinion. But we all give our opinion. We don't know. I I don't know what's right, wrong or right. I'm not involved in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Tons yeah. of really good opinions. Okay. Okay. For the last question that we have here for you so that we can give you your night back. Uh, Super Bowl this weekend. Mm. You know, Chiefs and 49ers. Who do you got? Who do you okay. think? You know, all right, all right. You're me, you get me in trouble on this one because I want some favors from the Niners, all right? Because I did play. I played with them. I got a couple of friends. But when I, I – my, my thing now, when I watch the CFL or the NFL, I, I, I watch the, the offense – and the offense that's that teams are running now, the spread offense, it's so different than what I ran with the power eye and you know the split back. So it's so I I I vision myself, okay, how do I fit into this type offense, right? So I love, I really love the guys that spins the ball like Mahomes, uh, Tahua. Uh, the guy from Buffalo, the guy from Tennessee. I just love all that stuff, right? I love it, and I love what they do, and I love the offensive plays. I, there's things that I didn't, I didn't do. We, we, we ran a spread, but the spread was we still had two bad guys in the backfield, and we didn't do the checkdowns and all the things that they do. I enjoy it. I love the game. I, I because I'm an offensive player, and I love the game. All right, but when you 
think about San Francisco and the team that I play with coming out of thing and whatever they do, you know, my heart is there. But I really love Brady. I did. I love Tom Brady. Uh, love what he did in that spread offense. I mean, just his check downs. And he always had the go-to receiver. And, 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 and Edelman, Edelman or the other guy, he always had a go-to receiver. And I yeah. think that's my position was the go-to guy, the third guy in or the, the slot back. You and Tracy Ham. Same thing. But, but, but this guy didn't have to run. This guy sat back there, and it was the coverages dictate where the ball goes. All right, so it's a little different, right? So when I look at Mahomes, out of all the quarterbacks that has the opportunity, there's good ones. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's good ones. There's Hurts. There's uh, the guy from Buck. There's lots of good quarterbacks. But Mahomes has two championships already. Pedigree. Yeah, and he's been there a lot of times. Yeah, well, I'm hoping he's 28. He can play till he's 39. That's what uh, Tom did. All right. Mm -hmm. So if he can get three championships, I think he's the only person that can supersede. Uh, yeah, potentially over Tom Brady. And so then that's history. That's history. We watching history. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I I would agree. I would agree. I mean. Patrick Mahomes killing it. I do believe they're gonna get Dynasty this weekend. Yeah. I think I think it's gonna be Dynasty this weekend. I just want Taylor Swift boyfriend to win. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Just you know, he's, he's, he's legit. He's legit. He I know he's legit. You know, everyone talk about Gronk. Remember Gronk? Gronk just didn't have Taylor Swift. He should have got him a girl when he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, Car that's just the big joke that you see around now. Karma, Karma is the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> there you go. Craig, man, this was so much fun. We can't thank you so much for joining our show today. Uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, but, man, we'll chat you again soon. We'll definitely be sure to have you on yeah, the again from the Super Bowl. soon. Yes, and where can we find you? Before we leave, uh, where can we find you? Yeah. Where are your social hey, you, tags? You got my number, Scott. You know how to get a hold of me. I, I always answer your calls. You know that. And, Kat, you got same, you got same credentials. Anytime, Kat. Perfect. Bless. Thank you so much. Brother, thank you so much, Craig. Once again, man. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely get at you. And, uh, dude, safe travels yes. down to Las Vegas. Have fun down there. And, uh, yeah, definitely don't lose your passport like I do all the time. <laughs> Keep it safe. Have a great <laughs> night. Take care. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much. Well, that was Craig Ellis, a former NFL and CFL running back, slot back, uh, awesome guest. Once again, could have talked to this guy all night. Uh, Craig is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I mean, find him wherever online. Um, and if you can, well, then he has a private for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but, guys, it's that time of the show. Big shout out to you for tuning into the Edmonton Sports Update. Alrighty. Hurdies is excited to announce that Smoke Sliders will be returning to the tailgate party 
in 2024. So stay tuned to future episodes of the Elks Call for more tailgate menu leaks. We're going to be slow leaking it across the season. Uh, Herdies, we smoke the meats. The Edmonton Oilers are currently on a 16-game winning streak. They're currently trying to keep the streak alive against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The score is 1-1. The Edmonton Elks are holding a tailgate meeting with plans to unveil a new fan park along with expansion to the existing tailgate area. The Elks Herd will be reporting the news live on Saturday as we receive it, so stay tuned to our social feeds. And the Edmonton Elks are on a back-to- or sorry, Oil Edmonton <laughs> Oil Kings are on a back-to-back this weekend after a long week on the road. Friday night, the Oil Kings will visit the Swift Current Broncos and then the Regina Pats. Oh, on that note, we do have a, an update from John saying that the Oil Kings 2-5 tonight in Moose Jaw. Shout out, John, for the update. Unfortunately, the Oil Kings did not win tonight. Mm-hmm. But Swift Current Broncos on Friday and then Regina Pats on Saturday. Both games are at 6 p.m. Mountain. And the IFAF is holding press conferences next week for the U-20 Football World Cup tournament being held at Commonwealth Stadium in June. National groups announced are Canada, USA, Japan, Austria, Panama, Australia, and Brazil. Stay locked to the Elks Herd and Shogun Sports Network for the latest IFAF World Cup news. We will be official media partners for that event. For more on what's happening in Edmonton Sports World, check out Len's articles on shotgunsportsnetwork.ca and join his group on Facebook, which is Edmonton Sports Fans. Make sure you join the YEG, Y-E-G sports community and stay up to date on Edmonton Sports News. We are the Elks Herd and you're up to date. Speaking of updates, Royal Retros, 10% off. Shotgun Sports, Coach Shotgun Sports. Catherine, do you have a picture of what you could get for 10% off mm. over at Shotgun Sports, or oh, sorry, over at Royal Retros? Using code Shotgun Sports, uh, RoyalRetros.com. Hit it up. Celebrating the 75th anniversary. Mm-hmm. of the Edmonton Elks as an organization in the CFL. So get on over there. Friendly reminder, thingsengraved.ca has our official merchandise. So go check it out. They have a locker room over there. Click locker room, click shotgun sports slash the Elks herd. And there you have it. You are in there. We also have the link in the description. Biggest discount of all though, lather.com. Um, I'm running out of soap. I need to go order some more lather. L-A-T-H-R.com. Did you know that if you use code SHOTGUN20, you get 20% off? Did you know no, that, Catherine? No, no, no you, you just told me. <laughs> <laughs> you just... It's beautiful. So anyways, upgrade from last year. 15% was last year. This year, it's 10, uh, 20%. So 20% off. Shotgun20, leather.com. Also, we have some new shirts on the way. We are the Elks Herd currently in production. So, very stoked. Kathy, you have a herd report. Mm hmm. Yes. Uh, so, our herd report today is brought to you by Off the Rains Podcast. 
giddy up for the 2024 UFL season with Ryan Messer as he gives you the latest news and updates about all things Birmingham, including the championship stallions. So head on over off the reins. But we have a herd report. Yeah, let's take a look at the transactions that have happened since the last time that we had a show. I believe it was on the 25th. So on January 26th, we had another one, American quarterback, Malik Henry. Malik. Sign. Malik. Sorry. Um, January 29th. You're going to see that name a lot. Sorry. American defensive lineman, Joseph Jackson. An American defensive back, Malik Jones, an American running back, Sewo Olin oh, Olinulua. <laughs> Fancy yeah, last name signed. Um, of course, on January 31st, we had American running back Jawan Howell was signed, and American defensive lineman Olivier Charles Pure was released. Come February 1st, we have American running back Shannon Brooks was released. So is that yeah yeah that's a big boo on that one boo and of course um you know american defensive lineman aaron adeoi adeoi i'm not sure if i'm saying that right uh he was signed as well as american wide receiver yet another malik flowers <laughs> sign so that's three malik signs malik's yeah i don't know what's going on with these names that they just keep signing the same person but anyways uh shannon brooks i do believe that he just got up on the numbers game we definitely you know with all the new signups that you know happen and i'm going to talk about them some moves needed to be made yeah. on the other hand malik flowers he had a solid career in the ncaa as a kick returner so he actually has the division one record for most kick returns touchdowns with seven. But you know what? That that would have like looked like a like a like a diamond in the rough if it wasn't for today. And we'll get there. I know. It just makes me wonder why we're signing another one, right? But anyways, Bigger uh, February February second, no we had American linebacker Tony Jones Tony extended. Jones? Tony Jones extended. Uh, last year, he had 41 defensive tackles, 11 special teams tackles, and one sack. So, I mean, that based on those numbers, it is, you know, to be expected. Uh, February 5th, we had yet another quarterback, American Caleb Illibai, signed. So, really, what's up with all these quarterbacks? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> Why is this the fight for the quarterback position? But do you, do with... you remember how it was last year? Do you remember how sure. many quarterbacks? So Chris Jones and I mean That's there like is, six or seven though. But there is a roster requirement but I do agree that Chris Jones goes overboard and it's not like McLeod Bethel Thompson is fighting no. for quarterback one. No. And it's not like Trey Ford is fighting for quarterback two, let's say. He's fighting for quarterback one. I'll agree with that. But he's not fighting for quarterback two. So and we have Daggy. Yeah, yeah, so we Daggy. have Daggy that yeah. is now fighting for quarterback three with all of these other seven or eight or when whatever. When we know <laughs> he has that Daggy in him. Uh, well, <laughs> clearly there's something missing if, uh, you know, that's there's so many that are being signed one after the other. Obviously, you know, when it comes to training camp, all of these numbers are going to slam down to 
the ones that we know, you know, the three positions for the quarterback, but it's just, I don't know if that really shows a lot of faith in the quarterback position that we currently have, right? Like that really brings some questions on that when we just keep signing them, like who are they going to cut? And of course, now that doesn't look good. And that's why everybody just keeps thinking that Trey Ford is going to go somewhere else because now we suddenly have this influx of quarterbacks that are being signed. Well, I, I agree <laughs> with the show. I, I agree with the shootout. I think mm -hmm. a quarterback shootout in training camp is very, very healthy. But I don't agree with bringing in. And you have to remember as well, right? This is training camp. There's a minimum of quarterbacks you have to bring in. So it's... Uh, there is a year. I have no faith that we literally <laughs> sign a reality TV show quarterback, which I Last agree. chance was, you. Last was, chance you, Malik yes. Henry, right? And I did read that he wasn't a favorite. And he did make a post saying that people should give him a chance because he's a different person than what the TV show made him out to be. Well, so. <laughs> now I got to watch the TV show to oh, see what we're getting. It's... Uh, oh, it's Last funny. chance you, uh, John. Yes. Kirby, it's last, last chance, chance you. you. I thought it was just basketball, but I guess not. Last chance <laughs> you is definitely football, yeah. yeah. Well, there was one that is basketball is there? as well. Nice. So, yes. You know more than I do on that. <laughs> well, I was nice. reading into this, but I do agree. Nur is that Daigie better be fighting for QB3. I Daigie. I, I really, I Love really Daigie. hope so. I mean, we didn't see much. I, I didn't really see much of him. So. We got to get the band back together. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But all I know is that with all of these quarterback signings, it doesn't necessarily paint the prettiest picture for that particular position. With but, but today... Today was a big day. Today was a very big day. We had uh, veteran American uh, kicker Boris... Uh, Boris Beatty! Um, he has the 94.9, so an almost 95% success rate on field goals. And he leads the league in kickoff average for 71.2 yards. So on top of that, uh, the Elks agreed to terms with all-star return specialist slash running back uh, Javon Leak. He signed a one-year deal making him the highest paid special teams player in the league. Which, which, so, like, I'll speak on this because I've watched the Edmonton Elks, uh, Martise Jackson, I've watched them sign and watched them go through years of bad return specialists, Jamel Smith. And Jamel, I, I feel for him so bad in that East final where he didn't catch the ball when all he needed to do was catch the ball and return it. Right. I, I I remember that he dropped it game mm -hmm. over, you know, right. pretty much with it, yep. within yep. that. We, it was game we were all there. We were all watching. And, and we, we've seen a lot of that. Even, yeah, last year with um, Sims. Mm -hmm. Sims, right? CJ yeah. Sims. We, we've had really bad specialists in that area. So is having a Javon Leak in there, that like at this point, we're overloading the offense without, yeah, without I mean, looking at our offensive line and our defense. I mean, line. we're going to come to those yes. points in the fan forum, of course. But uh, really, I think you mentioned it before. What are we, the Edmonton Argonauts? Yes, so, the Edmonton Argonauts. We're starting to look <laughs> like it. Which, you know what? And I posted this at the Elkshirt. Is it ever nice to see us not be 
the negative the like the black hole of the okay, CFL okay, scenario. Okay, okay, but I mean, I'm not gonna go into that just because I know that it's still way too early. And what's gonna happen if we start? But in this moment we... today, we like the Argonauts. I feel bad for the. Oh fan yeah, base. if you have I an Argon, for, yeah. if you have an Argo friend, please make sure that you check in on them today. Give them because, a hug. Because holy moly, they have completely dismantled their team. Ugh. All of it. There's nothing left. I've seen the memes. The memes that are going around. Are they are good. Funny. Now, interesting. <laughs> I'd like to bring up Narissa in the herd chat. Why do we always break the highest paid exposition player ceiling every year? Now, this is a good question because we did that with Gino. We did it with Kenny right. Waller, right? Yep. Wide receiver, wide receiver. Excuse me. This time, we are doing it with a special teams. I want to say his 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 salary is around like one thirty five, one forty, one fifty. 150, thank mm -hmm. you. So, okay, I was off by 10K. Mm -hmm. Within range. But 150K, we ain't paying an offensive lineman 300K on this deal. Yeah. Out of any position, which I, I'm going to bring this up. When did we break the curse of Gizmo? Which we haven't even completely broken it. Because we didn't do it at home. That's the Saskatchewan game last year. We finally got a return touchdown since 2015. Right. This yes. guy got like four yes. last year. Right. Javon oh. Lee got like four last year. Like all I'm saying is that sure. I mean, once it again, is, everything it is looks worth it, it. On paper, everything looks don't great. Get, don't get me started on paper. On paper, paper everything looks great. But I mean, <laughs> John over here with the 1 800 Argos fan support online. I'm like, that. <laughs> they need it. Yes. Um, but I mean, the, the CFL, they did announce that their global draft will take on, will take place on Tuesday, April 30th at 9 a.m. Mountain. And the Canadian draft will be at 6 p.m. that same day. And of course, the rookie camp opens across the league on May 8th. And the main camp opens on May 12th. Well, so and free, really... free agency, though, is like oh, well, officially. We still have. It's right around. The, it's right around the. They global. were they were having communications already. They exactly. It's the window isn't officially the mm -hmm. only the tampering window is open. So I think what is it the 13th February? I want to say 12th or 13th. They have to make decisions uh, yeah. on the free agents. Obviously, any player can resign with their current team. Correct. Uh, but they cannot be announced until the. 13th if they're moving to other ones with the communications or whatever it is that they're doing uh but we do have remaining free agents we still have arsenal manny arsenal wide receiver yeah ac leonard yeah uh in the d-line we have jordan reeves a linebacker Revo. daniel ross another d-liner uh josiah st john on the o-line and samuel thomason yeah in the o-line as well so i mean i think that's a really good segue to our next little um it is to our next um segment over here which is the fan forum the fan forum ladies we'll talk about all of that here. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> It is officially time to open up the fan forum. Now, today's fan forum is brought to you by the Winnipeg Terminal Podcast. Prepare for takeoff as Mike and Joe give you the latest on the Jets and Blue Bombers news straight out of Edmonton and Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Wheels up. 
we are opening up the fan forum where we talk about hot topics surrounding the Edmonton Elks, the CFL, and the sports world as a whole. Be sure to blow up the herd chat so we can get your comments on to the show. Fan forum is wide open. So let's let's talk about it. Identity crisis was the theme of this show. We've talked about the Craig Ellis has brought this up. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about this for years, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. The Edmonton Elks have signed multiple all-stars today. Mm-hmm. Right? Today alone. And 2024, we'll see McLeod Bethel-Thompson throwing to the likes of Eugene Lewis, Curly Gittins Jr., Kyron Moore, Dylan Mitchell, mm-hmm. amongst others. Mm-hmm. The team hasn't looked like a cohesive unit since the name Elks was coined. I see you guys talking in the herd chat about this already tonight. So it's a great time to talk about it. Will this team finally find its identity in 2024? Herd chat, you know what to do. Blow it up. Give us your opinion on this. Will the Edmonton Elks finally establish a real effing game in 2024? I don't know. Let me tell you what I think. I think we're building a team around MBT. Listen to this lady. There are still missing parts, and you've said it before. What happens to the O line? What happens to the D line? Right? We're still there. There are still other. um, (laughs) (laughs) Just as I just said, there are, and we're out of cap space. We have zero money. What you know when we're talking about some of those. you know, free agents that we have that yes. are really good. Can we even afford them at this point? So, so this is this is what's interesting, right? And like Stephen, uh, Stephen and I have been talking on uh, from from the Edmonton Elks groups. We've been talking uh, in private on Messenger, or whatever. Stephen Muzika. Um, I'm sorry if I just butchered your last name. Last name, but um, D line help. Like, you just lost Jake Ceresna. Now, what I will say as something that will kind of ease this is Sean Oakman's name has been flying around since we lost Jake Ceresna. As soon Mm -hmm. as we lost Jake Ceresna, they said, don't worry about it. Oakman's heading your way. I haven't seen Oakman head our way yet. I've seen (laughs) Boris Beatty from the Argonauts. I've seen Curly Gittins Jr. I've seen MBT come out of the USFL. Yeah. I've seen everybody but Oakman. I'm praying that we get Oakman. I'm praying that we get a little bit of help on the O-line. Now, the brutal part about this, and like to answer the question, I think the team has an identity in 2024. There's Argonauts. no way. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't even matter if it's the Edmonton Argonauts. At this point, we have a team that's going to slang the ball, catch the ball, and get points now going back to Narissa's point o-line and d-line well we're uh, from what i'm seeing we're choosing continuity on the o-line we're choosing to maintain the guys that we had last year hope that the offseason treats them well hope that they come back with a vengeance hope that this is going to work now on the d-line you can only rely upon the likes of Jamin and a couple of those other mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. for so long. AC Leonard, we need him back on that line. 
AC Leonard, and th- this will this will kind of go into our second question. I don't want to dig too much into right. this, but AC Leonard, you know, he's somebody that we should be getting back. So can we? But that's my question: Can we afford him? Should be able to, but we also just spend money on right. multiple all stars, and we are financially hurting mm-hmm. the Edmonton Elves, as Dave Campbell said. There's not a lot of positions right now that we can afford. Mm-hmm. Where we're mm-hmm. the Elks have <laughs> run out of money. Yeah. Um. You know, it. Well, John Kirby here in the herd chat, real quick. Do you think all the signings will help get butts in the seats if some of them make the team? Well, I think that out of the signings, we have to remember here. In training camp, you have signings that are going to be your starters, and then you have jobbers. Right. You have like a one percent chance that a jobber is actually going to take a starter's position. No, but I mean, I think the question is with all of these big names that are coming to Edmonton. Sure, they're going to be starters. I mean, why are we spending the money? Wins, wins <laughs> is what's going to bring. No, but I, I do think that at least on the first couple of games of the season, people are going to show up, and people are going to show up to see what's going to happen with this brand new team. This, this is exciting. Yes. I, you, there's no, no doubts, um, no pessimism, no negativity. Today's signings, coupled with the MBT and the Curly Gittins Jr., coupled right. with what they've already done. And I know that fans are upset about the Trey Ford scenario. I get it. Everybody's pissed about the fact that Trey Ford is going to be a a backup. But they're also missing the fact that MBT is a plug-and-play starter that is also doubling up in giving Trey Ford the development that he actually has needed for three freaking years. Yes. And and I mean, and with, to my point that I made with building a team around MBT. Yeah. Now, it's like you say, now it's a plug and play, right? A lot, Chris of, a Jones, lot of this Chris stuff is Jones plug and play, is exactly. thirsty. He is hungry <laughs> for a win. Well, go he go is... back to what we talked about in the, in the head coach meetings. You know, is this 75th season just another season for you as head coach? Or is it, you know, something a little bit more... Well, yeah, sure, that doesn't mean, but we want to win. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you guys yeah. need to win at this point because it's Chris Jones's job. Yeah. He has to pull every single freaking trick out of his sleeve to keep his job this season. Yeah, There's is. no way that Chris Jones keeps his job mm-hmm. if he continues to put, excuse my French, a shitty product on the field. Mm-hmm. And fans are sick of it. Fans are sick of it. But you know what fans aren't sick of? That gosh darn tailgater outside of the stadium. Okay, well, before we go into that, I did want to bring up uh, Nerissa's point, last point, that if we can't stop the run and if we can't get a pocket for MBT and Ford to make a play, that can't win. We can't win with nothing but a D and special teams. So I definitely, definitely agree on that. I mean, I feel like we're powering up on certain aspects and on certain positions. You know, special teams now is fantastic so elks have number one pick in the draft and this is this is what i was actually trying to bring up earlier elks have number one pick in the draft the first two top scouted are o-line guys Mm. the problem is that they may be nfl so they're gonna go down right they're gonna test their luck yeah you know what i forgot about that i I forgot about that first pick they're there we have the first round pick i in my opinion going in before all of the free agency stuff before any of this stuff happened 
I believe that the Elks, because traditionally, where you find your greatness is in the draft. Right. You find yeah, yeah. some of the best players, especially if you're looking at the first round, and especially if you're looking at first overall, you well, should have a plug-and-play guy. The only way you won't have a plug-and-play guy is if it's a guy that you're willing to wait on. Yeah. And so, I'd say, you know, and that makes sense if we're seeing gaps. Yeah. Right? If we're seeing which we are. Right now, we're definitely seeing gaps. Yeah. Then I completely forgot about that first pick, and he might just be playing the waiting game to see, yep. you know, what he can come up with when the draft comes. Uh, to answer Nares- uh, Nerissa's comment here, uh, Jones is hiding behind the ops cap. He's here until the end of 2025. Um, widespread speculation is that if a streak, an opening streak of zero to six happens to start the season, there's a good chance that Chris Jones is gone and the organization is going to go ahead and cut their losses on that because you can't go three seasons like that. Yeah. There, I mean, no... what happens? Hmm, that's a, that's a, that's a question. I just, you know, it just popped in my head. Let's say that we go the ownership way, the right. private ownership yeah. way. So now they have more say on their coaching. They'll staff pay as the well. fine. They'll pay the fines. Like, well, and that's they, just it. But they have the ability to yeah. fire yeah. Jones at yeah. that point. Whereas, like that with way. the board, right? There's a lot more paperwork paralysis. Right. But from from like like with what Nerissa is talking about, because we've cleared a lot of space off the ops cap, right? We would be willing to take some on in the event that Chris Jones. Completely. absolutely screws it up to start the season and and that's that's like widespread as in like yeah fans i don't know anybody within the organization that would give me that information right. but from very very smart football minds that's what's well, gonna happen listen we have two more weeks until our next episode right and a whole lot of things are gonna happen during and one, one of them is that meeting we got that tailgate yes. meeting yes and one of them is that so, go ahead so, and talk about your tailgate. So, so as reported by the Elks Herd, at the Elks Herd over on Axe, that's where it happened. Um, which, the email came from the Edmonton Elks. They're going to be holding a tailgate meeting to introduce some changes to the game day experience at Commonwealth Stadium, Stadium including a tailgating s- expansion and a fan park. So just to just to kind of give you some some background on this, the Edmonton Oilers they have a whole fan park right beside the arena. The Edmonton Elks appear to be trying to emulate that. More importantly, the over you know two hundred spots or they already have two hundred spots. Mm-hmm. They might be expanding that to three hundred. Right, that's crazy. So, what's your speculation, guys? We gotta know what do you think is gonna happen here. And what do you want to see? What, like, what, how would you like to see the tailgate expand? And what would you like to see in a fan park? It, do you want to see this fan park operate 24-7? Do you want it to be something that people can access? Or do you want it to be something that's closed off but only used for the, what, 10 days a year? Um, no. Is it something that they're going to do mm-hmm. at Clark Field? Do you want to see mm-hmm. them do this fan park at Clark Field? What do you want to do? What, what do I would... What I would say is, first of all, I agree with John here that I hope they make it so people can use it as a personal parking spot, <laughs> you know, and Vegas just scored. So, boo, that's not good news. Anyways, 
(laughs) coming back to the tailgate topic i definitely you know if they do expand it i do definitely wish that they would take a little bit more consideration for those that want to utilize those spaces as tailgating rather than just parking spots so that's the first one um extending is always a great thing of course uh, that, that I don't see anything wrong with that, as long as they don't move it locations, because I know that there was talks that perhaps move it to the other yeah. lot, lot B, because not only would it be bigger, but you'd be able to close off certain areas and make it into like a beer sure. garden. I would hate that, because yeah. I think that the spot that it is is a really good spot. Uh, that being said, on the fan park situation, what I would... What I would do, to be honest, is, you know, that big parking lot right beside the LRT station? Mm-hmm. Do it there. Have it kind of like a, you know what they have with the chorus light? Kind of whatever, so you think, with, the, like, you think the fan park should be in that park and ride area? It should be yeah. more accessible. It should be more accessible and it should also be easier for people to see. Because right. how many people have we talked about, talked to that they say that they had no idea that this was going on? Both the tailgate and the course fan, whatever. Well, and have. even even talking to a couple of people at the Edmonton Elks, they were actually saying that people were trying to cut through the stadium to go to the tailgate. Mm-hmm. So I agree, a fan park on that side to at least welcome people in mm-hmm. the stadium. When you walk in, you're instantly involved with the party. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. As soon as you walk off the LRT, you have the marching band there blowing in your face. And, like, <laughs> and, and you're like, people, wow, I'm here. Holy cow. I feel like people would be interested to see what's going on and they would want to go see. Sure. And maybe if they have free time, they would buy tickets for the game. Yeah. Right. Uh, Narissa here, her comment, and this is why we did the chili cook-off. Mm-hmm. More openness to non-parkers. It took a long time for us to feel welcome at the tailgate. So mm-hmm. um, Idlehide. One of our uh, one of our friends there in the tailgate uh, took them a very very long time to like get in and like start talking right. with people mm-hmm. and to actually come up and shoot the breeze and we found that surprising because we're there we have our sign out we have two signs one says Hurdies one says Speaker's Corner come on in take a picture grab some eats and carry along through the tailgate we are a pit stop for you right. And oh, just on that, that's where the park and ride buses go. <laughs> okay, so well, no, so so there, no, but... no, 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 no. So they have them right along the stadium there, but they do actually have park and ride in that area, right? So like when you're walking in, and I could be wrong, John. I could be wrong, um, but I, from what I understand, they still have parking space there where they could be using it up. Or something, the, the, the only thing, the reason why I said that is just visibility. Yeah. Right? That's that's the only thing. Like I mentioned before, there were tons of people that still don't know that they can just walk through the tailgate. Maybe sometimes they get stuck like Narissa did and they just get stuck no, in the tailgate but, but, before they can make it to the game. But the tailgate <laughs> is indeed something that if, like, if you think about it, half of the stadium, every single game is not aware of the tailgate. Do you realize what a logistical nightmare that is? Mm-hmm. Like we already, we do well. We give away all of our food. We usually, sometimes we sell out our food an hour in advance. Mm-hmm. We do pretty darn good over there slinging food. But 
when they did the college uh, campus clash and all the college kids were rolling through. Right, they had no idea that we were. The, no, the college kids were trying to scramble over to the chili cook-off. I think right. that wasn't that the same. It was. No, there was another it one. It was. No, it was chili was cook-off it? night. Was it? it was. Yeah, because yeah, remember our last customer oh, right. was like, mm-hmm. bro, do you have, oh, no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, Because it I wasn't. served him pork belly. That's yeah. right. Okay. No, no, it, so wasn't. it wasn't. I'm pretty sure it was another night that they had. It might have been. I can't remember if it was last year that we had the um, U of A game right yeah. before. Oh, that was last. No, year, no, no. Though. They had a they had a school night. They had a they had a university night, and they brought in. They gave away a whole bunch. That of was campus clash this year. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the same as chili cook off, no, but no, it no. was the one before. I think Labor Day. It was right after Labor Day rematch. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, they brought in all these kids. And these kids were like trying to cut through the stadium just to get to the tailgate because the tailgate is where the real party is. And then just like uh, Narissa said here, it's a massive pain in the derriere to actually feel welcomed in it. So for us, that's our goal at the Elks Herd. We always try to make sure that people feel welcomed Mm -hmm. in it. But, but, But that's also on the Edmonton Elks to market it that way. Yeah. To say, hey, like, We'll give you the giant signs. Here's the tailgate. Get in there. Go talk to people mm-hmm. and uh, go go eat go eat those smoked meats, man. <laughs> uh, uh, like Narissa here asks, why not have the tailgate over in the parking lot? There you go for the rec center. You know, behind where the beer yeah. garden. So that's lot B. That's the one that I was mentioning. Yeah. And that just kind of I think that's where they're ex- that's where they're expanding to. I believe. Yeah, but I feel like that would hide it right that's the no they're they're trying to so much like we talked about in the turf district Mm -hmm. and much like we've talked about a couple times it's all about mobbing it up Mm -hmm. making it all you know cramped with people that actually want to tailgate right by having the high concentration versus spreading it out at this point they believe they have the concentration right so we will make it a big party we always do uh john September 22nd. Yeah, that's the one. Excuse me. So, yes, he is completely correct. Um, we are on point with our mm-hmm. dates. It was the one after uh, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So, Campus Clash, that was a big one. We hope they do that again this year. Uh, that was huge. Um, but, yeah, no, we're, we're going to be talking to them on Saturday. We're going to yeah. be in there. I really don't know. I, To be honest, I have no idea. Oh, the fan council. council sorry. <laughs> sorry, I got excited. <laughs> Do you guys happen to know what happened to the fan council that was supposed to happen last year? <laughs> no idea. Do you know what happened to it? So the fan council, um, what ended up happening was it basically dissolved into nothing with Victor Kui that kind of disappeared. So um, unfortunately, uh, the fan council, from what we know, nothing really came of it. Rather disappointing because. Um, we had high hopes for it. Mm-hmm. We really hoped that fans would get involved and um, kind of give really good feedback. Unfortunately, it kind of became like this thing where they looped in some a variety of seat holders. And even then, I really don't know who exactly was in it. I think I met one person uh, over the internet of who was in the fan council. And unfortunately, um, that person didn't even really know what was happening with it. So it was, uh, unfortunately, it was just another uh, failed, uh, failed venture, uh, failed, failed project, I guess. Initiative is what we would call it. But it was a failed initiative. And 
yeah, rather disappointing that it didn't work out. The the Golden 12 there didn't really improve many things for the fan council. Garrick Jones talked about his fan council idea, which seemed to be a massive improvement, which would be really good. Um, now, do 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 I really think that a fan, fan council is needed? I think focus groups every year would be a really good thing focus groups and surveys but focus groups is what has actually been missing from the organization for a hot minute so um they do need to take in the opinions from fans and they should be actually focusing on what fans want so um focus groups do that surveys anybody can click whatever box on a survey and and call that their opinion or whatever but focus groups you get to see somebody's opinion in person and everything else so uh, what types of uh, I like John's question uh, here. Do you want to do you want to ask this one here, babe? Yeah. What type of 75th anniversary merchandise do you want to see? I would uh, love to see phone cases. Phone cases are, is a, well, is I a just, really I good hope, piece of uh, merchandise. Yeah, I hope they make it into a cool logo because even like stickers and things like that, but you just, you know, pins and yeah, you know, just things that you easy to make that you can collect. Those are kind of pieces that, you know, a lot of collectors would grab, right? A lot of people that a lot of people that really like to look at the history of the team and collect a whole bunch of memorabilia, just little pieces like that would be really cool to have. Um, you know, even with um when we had the Heritage Classic here, you know, they sold a whole bunch of pins and all of that. And I have a couple of those and I really love that. Uh, maybe little booklets, you know, 75th anniversary booklets that they can sell with the history of the Edmonton Eskimos with, you know, up to date. That'd be pretty cool, I think. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. I think, uh, yeah, some limited edition shirts would be really nice. Um, pins, I think pins are something that we've kind of gotten away from over the years. So pins would be really, really nice to see. I think. Um, yeah, like you take a look at what the Argonauts did last year. Some patches would be good. Now, John, um, I want to say John or it was somebody else that was commenting in the herd chat. Uh, somebody was commenting that they believe that there was only um, patches that were going to be released. We can tell you that a jersey will be coming this season. We do know uh, we actually thought that the jersey was going to be coming out last season. Unfortunately, my information was wrong. So uh, we will be getting a throwback jersey. Obviously has to happen for the 75th season. And then, of course, um, you take a look at what the Calgary Stampeders did. They're still wearing their KFC bucket uniforms. It's rather disappointing. Doesn't matter. It's not us wearing those, so we're good. Um, but the Edmonton Elks will be coming out with a really nice jersey. And it will be featuring the throwback stripes that we saw in the 2015 uh jersey so when we last won our gray cup on the sleeves we had those stripes if you take a look at the edmonton elks um media their 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 media that they've been producing lately with the 75th anniversary theme the 2024 theme they actually have been including all of the elements uh that they will be using this year including those jersey stripes so stay tuned the throwback jersey is going to be absolutely sick and yes, it is the return of gold numbers from what we know. So 99% chance we're getting the gold numbers back this year. Uh, we will be 
washing away those white numbers. We are not the Edmonton Packers. We are the Edmonton Elks. So uh, very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, I agree with Narissa. Socks would be cool. Sassy I love, socks. I love socks. Fuzzy. Fuzzy socks. <laughs> and hats. I mean, they, they oh, always well, do. They, they produce yeah. a lot of hats. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. We'll see what kind of logos they come up with. Um, take a look. We do recommend that everybody does their Easter egg hunts on their own because that's usually how uh, it ends up being the most fun. But if you take a look at the logo celebrations that the Edmonton Elks have been using, the throwback logo that they're currently using for the first edition is the Eskimo logo, but it actually says Edmonton where Eskimo used to where, where Eskimo used to be. So very cool, uh, very nice throwback logo. We know that there's going to be a little bit more. We've seen what a modern uh, double E's within a low uh, oval looks like. So the oval logo with the new double E's. We saw it. Victor Quee ended up actually posting it two years ago. It has the oval, and then it has the white double E's on the inside. So, and it also has the white outline on the oval as well. It looks very throwback. It looks very original. I do not doubt that we see that logo this season. And if I can buy a helmet with that logo on it, I will spend the $400. So very exciting, very cool. 75th season is going to be great. Most exciting part about it is the fact that this team actually looks like it may have an identity. So very exciting, very cool. Um, Van Forum, sad face for the Oilers. That means we all, we all got to go watch this Oilers game. Yeah, we got to we see gotta go. we if they're going to get the comeback. Uh, so still nine minutes or eight at this point. but Exactly. So let's go ahead and close the fan forum. And we're closing the fan forum, which means we're closing down the show. So, guys, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Whether you're watching on Shotgun Sports Network on our YouTube, uh, if you're watching live on X or Facebook, or listening on Edmonton Sports Talk, Tune in iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. Uh, for the Elks called Podcast and the Elks Heard, my name is Scout, a.k.a. The Ref from Section X. And I'm Catherine, a.k.a. Dave and Elks. We are the Elks Heard. You guys are awesome. Have a great night, everybody, and thanks a lot for tuning in. Cheers, everybody. Have a good night.